Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right, I guess you could say. Doing all right. Doing all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's probably like the most um, ever used celebrity impersonation at this point. It's Matthew time. McConaughey? Ma- Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Without question. He's got so many of them. What do you mean? Like so many different phrases that you can use, you know? Right. Like, and a lot of them always, and all actually come from one movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, uh, all right, all right, all right. But that was really early on, wasn't it? Was that Dazed and Confused? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most of them come from Dazed and Confused. Yeah, be a lot cooler if you did. Be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Great thing about the high school girls, I get older, they stay the same. <laughs> right. A little bit of a pedophile kind of thing going on. Oh, yeah, there, definitely a pedophile group going on. But, a little uh, bit. Yeah. Just a little bit, though. It was the 70s, you were allowed to do that. Correct. 70s. Yes. Yeah, that was totally socially acceptable at that point. Yes. How how funny is it of all the things that were socially acceptable, like even five years ago, that are like people have to apologize for now? Right. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just think of the music from that time. Well, she was just 17, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Y- you know what I'm saying? The Beatles. Yeah. Groomers. Sweet 16. I mean, just, you know, there were so many songs about trying to hook up with, uh, you know, minor girls at the time. You know? Yeah, there is. And if you listen, here's the thing. If you go back and listen to like some of the 80s songs. Oh, yeah. Like they are like rapist songs. Yeah. Like you go, like you know, the police. Every breath you take. Every time I hear that played at a wedding or something, I'm thinking, how do you people not have have any idea how creepy the song fucking is? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, this is like a, a guy that's just one step away from uh, you know like, murdering this. Chick. He's absolutely stalking her right, right now. Like yeah. he's admitting to stalking. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's pissed off because every vow she broke and well, you know, like even if you listen to the old country songs, like they just find different ways to say I want to fuck you tonight. Well, yeah. yeah. Look, I'd love to lay you down. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, of course. You ain't yeah. giving her a back rub, motherfucker. And you know, the funny thing is, it's back in the day, and I don't know if it was because we were all more naive, but we just didn't really put too much thought into what the lyrics were actually saying. Yeah, I think you there's know? a lot to do with that. Has a lot to do with it. Where now you, you you take a closer look at the lyrics, and you're like, whoa, wait, oh, hold on a second. Yeah, because I listened to so many songs that I listened to, and I just didn't. It, it didn't dawn on me what they were actually saying. How about back in the day? Hold on. How about do you know the Conway Twitty song "Tight Fit and Jeans"? No. no. <laughs> so you asked me to play that last night for bumper music. Yeah, or yeah last yeah. week. I mean, well, the, the 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 thing of it is the whole what the whole thing is about is this rich woman. Who wanted to go slumming and fuck some cowboy. Right. So she put on some tight fitting jeans. Conway Twitty noticed it and then fucked the shit out of her. <laughs> that, that's the. And now, right. now, don't get me wrong. He's like, she was wild and she broke me and all this kind of stuff. Right. But like, t- that's a- totally what the song's about, though. Right. Which was, and then she, you know, it was a one night stand with a married woman. The next day she goes back. You know what I'm saying? And he's stuck where he's, where he's at. Right. Sounds a lot like Honky Tonk Woman. Yeah. A little yeah. bit like that, too. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is quite astounding when it dawns on you, you know, some of these lyrics. But that's not what we were going to talk about at all. No, totally not. That was totally impromptu, <laughs> to- totally unplanned. All right, so um, it, it, this kind of goes along with the. Well, hold on. I do have one Uber story. If you want to, I don't know. It, 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 well, hold on. Let me ask you if you know the name of this person, and then you can tell me if if you want to. Uh, uh, is there a guy that's named Ramon that's a safety for the Bucks? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. What's his? Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I picked him up the other night. Yeah. So I picked it. I, I was down in Soho and these two, again, this is, there's so many cliches here. It's not even funny. These two blonde chicks are hanging out with this dude, right? So it's two blonde chicks and a black guy. Right. 
And the two and the good looking chicks, by the way, like they were very, very good looking chicks and they were going to Waffle House. And so they were in the back attempting very badly to sing the Star Spangled Banner and they were butchering it all day long. But I started talking to the dude as well. And the dude told me he was a safety for the Bucks. I'm like, what's your name? Because he asked me, do you watch sports? I'm like, no, not really. I'm like, you know, I like it when the home team wins, but like, that's all I got. And so he was, he was, he was, uh, he was telling me his, his name is Ramon. He said he was a safety for the Bucks. And I, I think he was just hanging out with these women again. I don't want to get the guy busted if he was out cheating or anything like that. <laughs> so, but at any rate, I did, you know, I picked him up, took him over to the Waffle House, but they were trying to sing the national anthem in the back and, you know, just killing it all day long. And he's in the back kind of laughing. And, but he was talking about how he's got his, you know, he doesn't watch social media because it just pisses him off and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So I thought it was actually thought it was kind of interesting in that aspect. And then the other one is I actually picked up the guy that owns the pink pony. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, I didn't think the pink pony existed anymore because there's a new strip club where the pink pony was. Right. However, yeah, you're just talking about that. Yeah. yeah. However, however, I f- come to find out that the pink pony still exists. They just had to move. And the reason they had to move is I guess they were the pink pony. People were trying to buy the building. Right. Right. The competing strip club, or the one that was going to compete against him, paid two point five million dollars more for the building wow. than what he was willing to pay for the building. Wow! So, and the guy was a capitalist, so he's like, at that point, he can't even be mad. like he's upset, but he's not that upset, right? Because he's like, well, yeah, right. I, if I was them, I would sell it to them too, of course. Yeah. So, but he made me drive by that place back and forth because he was, you know, counting cars. Oh, really? Yeah, he was totally counting cars. <laughs> totally was counting cars. That's funny. So he's like, I'm not mad or anything. I just want to see how they're doing. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Yeah. And yeah. he made me wait for a while, but then he tipped me a bunch of money, too. So. But wasn't that the, the one that is now the uh, Latino uh, Latina strip bar? Uh, with Chicas. The, with the Chicas. dwarf dancer? Yes. And yeah. I have not seen her yet, though. So yeah, I'm waiting to go in there to see her. And I didn't want to explain to him about the dwarf dancer because I didn't want to I didn't want to rub salt in the wound. Right. You know, <laughs> Be like I want to go in there just to see this, the, 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 you know, the yeah. midget stripper. Uh, by the way, uh, while you were talking there, uh, I looked up the Bucks roster and there is no Ramon. Um, uh, na- someone named Ramon. But I want to say that there is a, a, a defensive back with a name similar to that. So, you know, maybe you got the name. He wrong said he was a safety. Hmm. He said he was a safety for the Bucks. Hmm. Now I don't know if he was a starter or second string. Maybe or whatever. he's on the practice squad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that. All I, I mean, he's got a team, so he's got to be making some money, right? So, um, or that's what he just tell what he tells white women. <laughs> you know, I mean, it works. It worked, yeah. Obviously, and it's not like it's not like they're going to know the difference, right? So, actually, when it comes to Uber stories right now, because you know Brandon's going to help me write the book, right? I got twenty seven of them in there right now. Nice. So nice. I'm basically a little bit more than a quarter of the way there because I want to get 100 stories. I would, I would say that uh, these two stories are not ones that are worthy of including in the book. So I, I give these stories a C. I'm actually going to try to subchapter some of them and put like famous people I might have picked up and stuff like that, and I might put them in that area. Yeah. Well, first you need to verify that you actually picked up famous people, and so far I've, I've seen no verification of that. Well, I'm not, yeah. uh, I was going to take a picture with them, but right. I, des- I, I chose to not do it at that point. Yeah, because you're such a sports fanboy. Because uh, I'm not <laughs> right. Like, I'd, rather, I'd rather take the picture with the George Washington and Thomas Jefferson lookalike <laughs> right. than with a sports guy, yeah. or actually with the owner of the strip club. Be honest with you, he would he would fit above that, right? Just because I don't care anymore, right? What I do care about though is my food supply chain. Do you? Yes. Hmm. So um, there's an article we put up about the the meat shortage, self inflicted and fixable. But overall, I actually want to make the point is like the meat, like the meat that you buy. The supply chain for this is so uh, centrally controlled now that it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. What I mean by that is, is that these guys that raise the cows, they sell the cow to a meat processing place like in Kansas or whatever. And then you're so the meat goes to Kansas. They feed it full of, you know, bad stuff or whatever stuff to, you know, build it up, bulk it up and stuff like that. No, the meat processors don't. Yes, they do. But at any rate, they don't have time. Okay, Dick, let's just again, Mr. Contrarian. <laughs> well, no, let I'm, me finish the fucking story. Okay, here. go ahead. And then Continue what happens telling is the story wrong. Yeah. Well, they cut that shit up at that point and then sell it back to everybody. Right. Well, like if, if the cow is in Florida, 
There's no need to send the fucking thing to Kansas to get fucking cut up and then fucking sent back over here. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense for that supply chain to be like that. Because that can, again, you can have all the cows in the world in Florida and motherfuckers still don't have meat on the shelves or could not have meat on the shelves. And people could be, you know, meatless or whatever. Right. So my thought was, well, I'm going to cut out all the middlemen and all this stuff. Because I know I, we talked to a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, you're running mate, by the way. Well, now you've just outed them. Only for people that know what's going on. Okay. And... um he raises cows on his thing, and he does. Now, the cows that he was telling me just a little bit ago, the cows he does are, like, kind of smaller cows. They only give, like, 250 pounds per cow right. of meat and stuff like that. And he said it's a little bit of a – it's a different kind of taste of meat than other ones. It's not, like, the same as, like, your regular cow that normally people butcher. Right. It's a lot leaner of a cut is right. what he was saying. But almost, like, too lean when it comes to steaks and stuff. Like, the steaks don't taste as good because you don't have enough fat on it in order right. to do it. Yeah. So he's going to connect me with a, uh, another uh, cattle guy where I can buy the steer from the or buy the cow from them and then take it in to get it slaughtered and then divvy the meat up amongst five or six or seven of us, depending on how many things there are. In addition to that, I am going to uh, put chickens in the back of uh, an ant yard that has enough acreage to do it and to start doing chickens again so I can start doing eggs again, basically. Right. Um, but then also just to make sure that I have in case like in case shit goes bad and there's no chicken anywhere that I can just go kill some of the chickens and have chicken. Cause right. I, like cause I really like chicken. So yeah. I'm going to I want to I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm setting up my own supply chain here. But the reason that I brought this up, though, was is that they had this reason article and it was John Stossel. You know, you got to love John Stossel, even though I will say personally kind of an a-hole sometimes, but um, still like Stossel nonetheless. Um, well, people people who tell you the truth are generally considered assholes anyway. So, well, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, and then it, it actually talks about Massey. Um, <laughs> Massey says, and this is a quote, I'd rather deal with cattle than congressmen. <laughs> at least at least the cattle exhibit learned behavior. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Right. Um, so it really does come down to realizing that our supply chains when it comes to food are really, really fucked up right now because of government regulation to it. And that you need to get out of the government regulation to it as much as possible in order to make sure that your food's going to be safe moving forward. Right. I know that John's going to be doing a lot of legislative stuff this year coming up in order to... Um, um, Allow for more farm to table kind of stuff. You're are, are you referring to Liberty Liberty lobbyist John Hallman? Yes, super oh, okay. Liberty lobbyist, super Liberty lobbyist John yes. Hallman, and our dear friend. Yes, yeah. and he's gonna and he's gonna work on that legislation. And here's the thing about it: it's like we were because we were sitting there talking about it a little bit, and you can take an angle for every group out there to get them on board your issue. Oh yeah, without question. Like, there's no getting around that you can. Like, you can get all the environmentalists on board, at least right. the, the real ones. Like, not the ones that are for the control, but the ones that are actually... About the only ones you're not going to get on board is PETA. Yeah, probably PETA is the only one, but yeah. fuck them anyway. You're, you're never going to get them on board. Yeah, those dog killers can fuck off for all I give a fuck. Dog killers? Oh, no. PETA kills more people. PETA kills more dogs in the fucking, than most of the fucking slaughterhouses do. I, slaughterhouses don't kill dogs. But you know what I'm saying, though. Right. Like, PETA kills a lot. A lot. How so? I, I, seriously, I don't they know just this. do. I mean, they just do. They have they have the facilities that they own that kills these dogs. Like if they can't find somebody, oh, that will, okay. So they that do will, like shelters and stuff. Yeah, or? but then they'll they'll just kill them if they can't find somebody that wants to shelter them, and they have and they kill a bunch of them. Wow, wow. It's really funny. Like if you're a person that really likes animals and stuff, the last place you should give your money to is PETA. Well, do they at least eat them? No, <laughs> I mean, no, they just kill them. If you're going to kill something, you you should at least eat it. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, I didn't know that. But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting. On the ride over here, NPR was doing a story uh, about the exact same thing, about how, um, you know, uh, expiration dates on food in a lot of ways are set actually to benefit a certain group of suppliers. And in this case, they were talking about the expiration dates on milk in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, pretty much everywhere in the country – um, you know, there's a uh, it's 21 to 26 days is the expiration date from the time the milk was pasteurized in Montana. It's 12. 
and that has created a protectionist environment for Montana dairy farmers and milk producers. Yeah. You know, because other states can't compete with it, but it's also comes at a cost to consumers and grocery stores are throwing away milk all the time. Um, and it just a very interesting dynamic that they would do that. But I want to talk about the USDA for a little bit because I'm actually seeing something. Hang on a second. Much better. All right. <laughs> I had a mint in my mouth. It was screwing me up. Like, just fucking eat that shit, man. I, yeah. why, why well, then I'd be just... crunching in the microphone. Oh, my God. All right. Go ahead. Um, so <laughs> I've noticed lately that I can't get good beef in the grocery store anymore. You know, at all. Uh, and I'm talking the, the main grocery store chains here in this area, Winn-Dixie, Publix, things like that. It used to be you could always find USDA choice or prime meat in the grocery yeah. store. Now, almost universally, it's all just what they call USDA inspected, which is the lowest grade that they can sell in the, in the uh, grocery stores. Yeah. Have you noticed that as well? No. Really? Okay. No. Have you noticed that the, the beef is not nearly as good quality as you used to get? Um, no, not really, no. Really? I mean, I've gone I've gone in there and looked at meat before, but I don't equate it to like I'm not involved in the cooking process. Well, like a, yeah, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm involved in the eating. I'm process. kind of a beef connoisseur, so to speak. A beef well, snob? Not, not real. I'm not You're a beef, a beef snob, snob, but I, I know good quality. And you know, like my first, you, you know, good quality meat when you put it in your mouth. Oh yeah, I do, baby. <laughs> um, my first job actually was in a butcher shop. Yeah, you, know. you like cutting meat to begin with. And I had family that owned a slaughterhouse, so yeah. I spent time there growing like up. Like holding you know. the meat, Okay, you, you've the taken meat. the gay thing a little too far. I'm trying to actually convey a, a, a yes. What, yes. Are, what are you talking about? I like Who's penis. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you're like, flag that, cut that out. I want to use that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but yeah, seriously, the, the quality of beef has just gotten really really poor yeah and you can't it's not like you can go and say okay i want to buy the the better meat in the grocery store it, it's just not available yeah it doesn't exist yeah and i i don't know the the mechanism behind that but it's it's definitely noticeable you know and i've also noticed another thing that chicken lately has become very tough yeah have you noticed that actually i have okay. i have noticed it. it's been pissing me off i actually thought it was daniel's fault but yeah, at first I thought just, you know, it was being cooked wrong, but then I, you know, I cooked it in ways I know that should make tender chicken, and it came out tough and, and you know, uh, very uh, sinuous, so to speak, um, you know, just tough grained and everything like that. Come to find out, this is actually a real problem. <laughs> the chicken producers have essentially fucked up chickens. Yeah. They have bred the largest chickens to the point where there's actually now a term for it. It's called wooden breast syndrome. And what has happened is in this effort to crossbreed the fastest growing and largest chicken in about half of America's chicken supply right now, they have what's called wooden breast syndrome. And Google it if you'd like to learn more about it. Yeah. You're but not making it up. You're not, not making it I up. know. It's, it sounds weird, but that's what they call it. And it actually has resulted in tougher meat in some cases. Yeah, you know, there have been times where I bought and cooked chicken and thrown it out. Just I, this isn't even edible. Yeah. I mean, it's edible, but you know what I'm saying. It's just but not you don't want to eat it. I'm though. not going to eat this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's happening more and more. And it's it's really that part is probably the corporate greed angle to it. But I have a well. It's the fa it's the inevitable result of factory farming. Yes, exactly. But the USDA stuff, I'm sure, has a government component to it, and that's the thing. We don't just pick on government here. The the corporate you know corporatism is also a major problem as well. Um, and well, it's why you don't want big government because you end up getting the corporations exactly, taken over. Exactly, and then there's there's really no. Um, but we are we. You're actually right. Is that we are coming into a weird period of time that most people alive today haven't seen before about our, our f food distribution system is is very fragile yeah you know it really is and uh if you've uh, read my book the cassandra trigger available, available on, on amazon. amazon uh that's something i talk about uh you know early on in the book and and you know what the potential uh, ramifications of that will be yeah um you know but yeah it, it's just it's fascinating that there's so much going on right now um, do you know the only, and this is going to, you're going to find this interesting, and I learned this now, today I learned, T-I-L, um, that the only federally mandated expiration date on food 
is what? On any type of food product. I don't know. There's only one thing that the federal government mandates uh, that must have an expiration date. Everything else is actually either uh, by state law or just the the food manufacturer putting a date on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a lot of the times it's just because, you know, they put a date on there because they want people throwing away the food and buying more. Yeah. Um, it's baby formula. <sighs> the one thing that the federal government it requires an expiration date on is baby formula. Haven't we had a bit of a problem with that recently? <sighs> you know what I'm saying? One of the biggest shortages that we've ever had in U.S. Uh, you know food production history is the one thing that uh, government requires uh, expiration dates on. Look, uh, and, and look, this one is a label genera- generated problem. In all reality, how so? Because we can't import the baby formula from other countries because they don't have the right labels, the right the FDA's proper label on it. Right, right. Like. If you have a kid and you weren't able to find baby formula, right? There is one organization to blame for this, and that is the government. The government, yeah. In that case, no, no getting around it. It's yeah. again, it's again a reason article that came out. They talk about it, and there, and in in there, they really explain that the European Union could totally do this and could totally help. We could have imported a whole bunch, and they wouldn't because it didn't have the proper FDA label on it, right? So the solution to this is the elimination of the FDA, obviously. Right. But like, well, it's not a solution, but it would help. Well, yeah, it would yeah. absolutely. Sl- help. It would. It would solve that problem for sure. Well, we yeah. wouldn't have a shortage of fucking baby formula. That is true. That is absolutely true. You know. Yeah. And besides, what happens is again, just like every, it's so telling on all these things. What happens is because they make all these arbitrary rules that are so hard to They're to not manage. Arbitrary. Well, all these rules that they make. What happens is, is that it eliminates most of the little small guys and only has one or two of the big people. So when one or the two of the big people end up having a problem with with natural problems that could arise from it, now we just have a shortage because nobody can get it. Most of these type of laws are protectionist in nature. So some group is benefiting from this law financially and they're going to... You know, the, the lawmakers or the policymakers, if it's a, uh, you know, uh, agency, so to speak, yeah. agency rules, and they're lobbying them for uh, the rules that will make it so they benefit. Yeah. You know, and that's almost always the case. You know, and again, it's eliminating the FDA is not going to solve all of our problems. And in fact, it's going to create a few more, but it's there's going to be more uh, methods by which you can solve those problems. Yeah. You know, well, and, and look, and the point I wanted to make overall in the beginning of the show was that whatever you do and like for everybody listening to the show whatever you do please take your supply chain into account and find ways to shorten it because the shortages are just beginning they're not ending right like these supply chain shortages and these problems are going to continue to happen now the administrations are going to blame everything from climate change to Russia to China. Like they're going to blame. They're going to try to distract from everything than what the real reality is, which is that they're the ones fucking it all up. Right. But it doesn't change the fact that you can know that they're fucking it all up. But if you don't do anything about this, that you're still going to fucking starve. So yeah. don't starve. Make sure you shorten up your supply chains as much as possible. And you know you're gonna you're gonna feel better about. It. I, I disagree with that approach. Um, yeah, it, it, just because it, it cr- because you're a contrarian, and obviously you're going to disagree with anything I say, which well, is what yeah. this show primarily has to do with. <laughs> I'm right, you disagree, and you know, you know, it's like it's like playing it's like playing chess with a chicken, to where the chicken will knock over the board, flip over all the pieces, and then strut around like he fucking won. You are a bit like that sometimes. No, you are like that. Um. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong, though. Go ahead. Well, it's not wrong. It, it, I, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I just personally, in my life, that's not the strategy I, I've chosen to uh, to take. Yeah. I, I'm going to just wait till the grocery stores are empty and everyone starts panicking. And then I'm just going to, you know, take uh, firearms and, and go to uh, my local uh, government, uh, you know, people's houses and uh, take their shit. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, that's one way I to figure do it. turnabout is fair play. I mean, you know? that's one way to do it. I'm yeah. not saying that's not one way to do it. However, yeah. I think there's a more peaceful way to do it. I'm going for full, you know, chaotic evil uh, when the shit hits the van. I guess so. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 going for the full Mad Max dystopia, uh, you know, little little Fallout New Vegas type of thing. I mean, don't wrong. I got a list yeah. too when shit goes really bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> I definitely so, got a list. So you know, I'm I'm not doing any preparation. I'm just gonna you know uh, take from the people who have taken from me. So, yeah. And in this uh, hypothetical situation that, of course, never happened, and I'm not being serious about it all anyway. So there you go. Toby. Toby. All right. So and then since we talked about this part, uh, when it comes to child welfare, Florida Child Welfare Agency said the kids were doing fine. Actually, they were dead. No. On April 13th, 2022, at exactly 6.09 p.m., child welfare investigator assigned to the case of Miami mother Odette uh, Josani, whatever, uh, entered a benign-sounded note onto the Florida Department of Children and Families computer system. She reports that everything is fine. The she referred to Josette 41, a mother of three who had been entangled with the department for years due to persistent reports of domestic violence and poor parenting. Of Josiah's three-year-old son, Jeffrey, the investigator offered this reassuring image. He likes to play, laugh, and grab things, referring to Jeffrey's older sister, six-year-old Laura. The narrative said, she is a quiet child, is well-behaved. Actually... As of the day before, Joe, uh, the woman had been in the Miami County, uh, Miami-Dade County Jail, and Laura and Jeffrey were in the morgue. Police had arrived to the mother's home on North 375th Street to find her children hogtied and strangled. Their mother told officers the children were better off that way. Case files that are critical to child protection, the record that demonstrates troubled families are being supervised and children are being overseen by an objective outsider. The retroactive entry the day after the child's death one of several raises questions about the agency whose investigators have been known to record visits that never occurred. Such fakery led to the deadly outcomes. So yeah. the state is not watching over these kids. No, because the not. people that are doing it are nothing more than than uh, scumbag government employees that don't give one fuck about kids. Right. I, not all, but some. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. You know, how they go that, you know, all cops are bad, right? Right. All these government agency people are bad. You know why? Because there's other people in that office that probably do the right thing that overlook and just look away when those people are doing those things. So you know what? Yeah. You are an accessory to child murder and you should be in jail along with the bitch it, right there. It becomes so systemic that it, you know, the the people who are actually there for the right reasons, at least in their mind, um, yeah, they just, there's not much they can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know that you can necessarily call those people bad, but by staying in a toxic environment like that, you know, you know, it's like it's it's a kind of a catch 22. And again, I, I kind of want to defend both the good cops and the, uh, you know, good people in government. Hey, go defend away status. Well, again, it's it's odd coming from someone who absolutely believes that all government, all forms of government should be abolished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But having said that, it's, sure it's like I want to understand those people that they stay there because they feel like this is a shit show that I'm in. But maybe I personally can do a little good. Mm. Because they are willing to sell their souls for their for their There's, twenty pounds of silver, uh, and that they are just as evil because no, they no. want to use the state to take away parents so they can put those kids in areas in which not, pedophiles will get I to them. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, not every social worker is evil trying to have the state con- you know take over control of all. Tr- it's that's not the reality. The reality is there's a handful of people that believe that, and then there's a a large number of people who are just lazy and competent and don't give a shit, and then there's some good people who are trying to make a difference. Okay, listen. If you are lazy and competent and don't give a shit, then you are just as evil as those that are doing it on purpose because those people are enabled Mm. because your vast majority of lazy fucking government employees are letting it go. And will defend their agency and not that's and, true and and not actually defend the children and whistle blow and call those people out. And the reason why is because that's thirty pieces of silver are far more important than those children. You've got it. You've got a valid argument there because when the shit does hit the fan, um, even the good people tend to circle the wagons. Uh huh. Yeah. Just like they do with cops. Just like cops. Yeah. So which is why I'm now much more on the board of all cops are bad. Um. I, I get the sentiment. I get the sentiment, but I, I think it's also unfair to some, and it's a it's an overgeneralization. Yeah, you know? very well. But be. definitely the concept, the construct 
of law enforcement is inherently evil. But I don't extend that to necessarily everyone in that profession. Yeah. And the same with social workers. If they change it to peace officers and that those cops are out there just to keep the peace. Well, no, they shouldn't exist at all. Well, or they shouldn't you know, exist at all. It's like I, I tell the people, you know, who are, uh, you know, blue lives matter. Well, the best thing you could do then is uh, make sure there was no more law enforcement and uh, these people would be safe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let's stop putting cops in harm's way. Yeah. <laughs> By now, making them not cops. Yeah. Now, there's a couple other things that came out, too, that I wanted to make sure. And I only wanted to go over them briefly. I didn't want to I didn't want to um, uh, belabor the point other than to say we fucking told you so. Well, hang go on ahead. a second. No, you, you skipped one. You skipped one. Did you read the article of the woman who was dead on her couch no, for no, two I'm years? No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. This is an amazing story. This woman was, uh, she died in, they think, in September of uh, 2019. Okay. Um, and this is in, in the UK, but it, a similar thing could happen here. Um, so basically the neighbors um, started noticing a smell and she stopped paying rent in September. Okay. So... What happened is, is that uh, the uh, government was called out to do uh, welfare checks and stuff like that, and they rubber stamped it, just like uh, the, uh, you know, the the child uh, welfare yeah. board, and the landlord petitioned the, uh, and she was a, a pensioner, you know, it's basically Britain's version of Social Security. So the the landlord went to the government and said, "Hey, this tenant didn't pay her rent. You need to pay me directly," and they did. So government was paying a portion of her uh, pension to the landlord to cover her rent. And eventually the smell went away. So everyone just like was like, oh, okay, everything's fine. (laughs) And she laid dead on her sofa for two years. (laughs) So all the mechanisms uh, by which could assault. Because here's the thing. You had um, the tenants around. Okay. Um, and they're like, what's that smell? We need to go check. But instead of checking, because government exists, they call the welfare board, you know, do a welfare check. Well, the government comes out, says everything's fine. So I guess that's, you know. Because they're not checking. Right. The landlord, in normal circumstances, the tenant doesn't pay the rent. They're going to show up knocking on the door saying, hey, you owe me the rent. Well, that didn't happen because the, tenant, the, the landlord was able to go to government and keep getting a check. So he didn't care. So it's just interesting how this is a perfect example of how the existence of government shifts all responsibility on so many things in life to a nebulous third party that may or may not do anything about it. That creates the moral hazard. That, exactly. It creates a moral hazard because now people feel like, well, I don't need to do anything. And also how the collusion of essentially corporate interests in government by allowing this landlord to directly deduct from her pension you know, the, the rent. He's got no incentive to do anything about it. Yeah. And, and so it's just another example of how government gets in the way of so many of these things, you know. Jesus Christ. And, and people who support government in general are going to say, well, this was just one that slipped through the cracks. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But in reality, that moral hazard that exists when you shift responsibility off to some nebulous, you know, third party, almost like a, a religious figure that is government this is the sort of thing that happens. Well, no, no. I, I want to get back to the point that you said and that they go, well, sometimes things will slip through the crack and sometimes these things happen. Now, the argument that they use on the other side is that none of them should ever happen. So by the standard that they put upon themselves, right. this should be unacceptable. Right. But it's they'll excuse it away because they like to the control. Right. But again, you would agree with the point of sometimes these things are going to happen in any society, in any type of government. Oh, structure. right, right, right. Yeah. And no matter what, yeah. these things are going to happen. But the odds of them happening go down a lot if the moral hazard of government isn't there to pro- make it a problem. Correct. Correct. Because, uh, you know, someone at some point, someone's going to go check on her. Yeah. 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 Even if they've got no. If, if, hold on. If at least the landlord wasn't making pay, he would get in there. And if the tenants, the other tenants, had no one else to call, they'd go check it out themselves. Yeah, you know. And if they actually cared about their fellow person, when they, what government does is it takes away that that you have any responsibility to your fellow man. Right. And there's actually been a lot of studies like that. That in situations, um, you know, basically, the likelihood of helping someone depends on how many other people are around. Yeah. So. If and that's the the passerby syndrome. So what happens if you know someone collapses on a street in New York City and there's there's you know five thousand people walking around? There's somebody else to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's somebody else's problem. But what happens is is in a situation when there's there's not that safety net, 
you basically take responsibility th- for things. At least the vast majority of people do. A lot of people yeah. do. And you end up, you know, helping people and getting help. Yeah. You know, when you need it. And with decentralization, that's exactly what happens. Right. Because they, right. Re- because look, look, everybody just needs to get on the same page of like, well, the government isn't going to help you. Mm-hmm. Period. They're not going to help you. Right. And d- stop and k- kill that illusion. Right. Right. Because people have the illusion that, well, the government's going to help them. Yeah. Eh, yeah. No, they're not. All right. Now you can go. All ahead. right. So. We could just say we told you so, but all we did was follow the science. Natural immunity offered more protection against Omicron than the three-vaccine dose. New England Journal of Medicine, you know, that fringe far-right organization that doesn't follow the science, now put out a scientific study that shows that this is the case. Right. Again, hate to say we told you so, but we fucking told you so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's bullshit. Again, you, you can go back to our 2020 shows, our 2021 shows, and yeah, we, we said this is absolutely, you know, we felt like we were being lied to when the government was saying, well, natural immunity, uh, you know, it's really not not going to be a real benefit here, and you have to get the vaccine, and you know, it, yeah, and that's not what happened. And honestly, I, I think that even though the vaccine, you know, widespread uh, vaccination uh, probably helped uh, increase the, the odds of this occurring, um, I'm not saying it's a totally bad thing, but the fact that they were just um, completely discounting that early on is, is was just illogical and unscientific. It, here's the thing. It would be different than any other uh, disease that came out and before it. Right. And the, the, the thing is, is like they literally changed the narrative. They they lied to us. They knew they were lying to us, but they were they felt they were lying to us for our own good. And that is almost one of the most dangerous things that you can do. You know, any time that government takes on that parent-child role, um, it, it really has severe unintended consequences. You know, and, and that's what we've got. You know, you've got Fauci here um, who, you know, he's got to know at some point it's going to come out that, you know, he and the NIH and, and uh, you know, the pharmaceuticals and some nonprofits were actually behind COVID. So at some point that's just going to come out and it's going to be accepted as fact. And by he, that, He's going to try to retire before Biden's term is up. Yeah. In order to try to avoid, um, you know, culpability for that. Yeah, yeah. So. Which they shouldn't. Be, I mean, he should be, you know, look, because I wrote this one in here. The only issue that his retirement's not going to be in an eight, eight by 10 foot cell. Right. Because he, de- if there's anybody that deserves to go into the hole for this one, it's fucking Fauci. Yeah, yeah, without question. And the CDC, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's clear that they lied to us on so many occasions. They're continuing to lie to us now. In what way? No, I'm saying, like, again, they're, they're lying to us now about, you know, we got to do masks again. This variant's going to kill more people. It's going to do all these things. Yeah. To I, where it's none of that stuff is accurate. And nobody buys it anymore. So, well, it's, and here's the thing the places that have mandates don't give you the exemption for fucking natural immunity. Right. Well, it, so they're still lying about that. And the other thing is, is uh, I, I think there's a serious cry wolf syndrome going on right now. Because the American people are just totally done with this. The American people, and again, there's probably enclaves of this country where that this is not necessarily true. I still have about 10% of people wear masks in a car. But I can tell you, in Flo- really? That high? Yeah. Oh, that's shocking. Uh, in Florida, yeah, I, I would say that 80 to 90% of the people just don't don't want to hear about it, don't give a shit. There, there's no fear left here whatsoever. Yeah, none. And I think that's probably the, the predominant feeling uh, nationwide, with the exception of probably, uh, you know, a few enclaves here and there. Yeah. You know, there's st- so, still some people that are afraid, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's truly amazing how much he lied to us, you know, yeah. for our own good. And that just really pisses me off. Now, here's the thing. Now, you say it's for our own good. Well, from and their I perspective. Do, and I do think that they yeah. – but here's the thing. I think they know they're lying, though. Oh, yeah. I think it's not for our own good. I think they know it's not for our own good. It's for control. Look, look, look at the monoc- – well, obviously, the masks. What did they say? The first thing they said. Don't need a mask. Don't need a mask. Regular people don't need a mask. It won't help at all. Uh, save the mask. Don't go buy up masks. Save them for the medical professionals. Yep. Well, if it doesn't help, why the medical professionals need them? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but again. It, it, oh, no, no. And they weren't wrong there. Right. <laughs> well, they were. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, uh, a mask, they could have said that it offered. It could offer some, some protection. protection. Yes, exactly. But they did that. But then they then they went full bore on the mass after that because right. they realized the control that that meant. Right. Right. Which is, again, Fauci should, it, look, Fauci should the, have the, his complete the, pension stripped away. Him and his family should, should his family should be homeless. 
They should be on the street. All right, bury him under the jail. I know you you go off on these rants. Yeah. Stop being angry. Let's have a rational discussion about that. Use your words. The only rational discussion with Fauci is to what kind of blade you would use to behead him. (laughs) Okay, jihadi. And then to hold his fucking head up like that and be like, if any of you scientists want to fuck around and do what this motherfucker did, this is your fucking response. You know, for some reason, I just had the Conan visual where you're throwing the the head down the steps of the temple and it's rolling and flopping. (laughs) Or have him get eaten by fucking uh, pigs or something. (laughs) Him and his family. Well, it is amazing. The entire... The entire DNA strain of Fauci should be gone from the earth. It is truly amazing how many times that they've completely reversed positions and just gotten a total pass on it. No, they get away with it. Well, they have a media that's in that's in bed with them. I mean, they just did it now with the monoclonal antibodies. Oh, yeah. I mean, not not six months ago. They were talking about they were ineffective. It's oh, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory. Russia disinformation. And two weeks ago, they they bought 275 million worth of monoclonal antibodies, and they're probably giving them Joe Biden right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not going to give any to Florida, but you know, everywhere else. <laughs> right. I, I literally think the federal government did that in order to stop DeSantis from going out to buy it himself. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. It yeah. wouldn't be surprising me at all because yeah. honestly, this government hates you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just let's, let's not mince words anymore. The government hates you. <laughs> yeah, it's all fucked up, man. It's just I I watch this shit going on every day, and I'm just astounded by. How ridiculous and political and just, you know, how much it is just (laughs) it's it's all theater at this point. It's all fucking theater at this point. Yeah. And I'm not the big rabbit hole, deep conspiratorial guy. It's just so blatantly obvious theater. I mean, you don't even ha- you don't even have to go conspiracy theory on this. It's just like, oh yeah, they're doing this because of this, and everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, and this is kind of a skip around here, but uh, let me see if I. Are you can... not going to go to the to the other thing, the new documents, the other new documents thing that made sense that flowed correctly? Okay, go ahead. So, new documents reveal huge scale of U.S. government cell phone location data tracking. Again, in the uh, area of We Told You So, the Department of Homeland Security used mobile location data to track people's movements on a much larger scale than previously known, according to new documents unearthed by the American Civil Liberties Union. I mean, thank God the ACLU is doing something nowadays. Right. It's no secret the U.S. government... Hang on, hang on. They weren't on board until abortion ban, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. They didn't care until it was potentially for tracking women who might be getting an abortion or illegal or illegal aliens. Right. All of a sudden now it's a big deal. God, I hate hate that the ACLU went bad. It's no secret that U.S. government agencies have been obtaining and using location data collected by American smartphones in early 2020. A Wall Street Journal report revealed that both Immigration and Customs Enforcement and Customs and Border Protection bought access to millions of smartphones using location data to track undocumented migrants and suspected taxed Dodgers. Right. However, new documents obtained by the ACLU through an ongoing Freedom of Information Act lawsuit now reveal the extent of this warrantless data collection. The 6,000-plus records reviewed by the Civil Liberties Organization contained approximately 336,000 location points across North America obtained from people's phones. They also revealed that just three days in 2018, CBP obtained records containing around 113,654 location points in the southwestern United States, more than 26 location points per minute. Yeah. And this is just a very, very tiny subset of really all the government, the, the, the data the government collects. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> again, we've been saying it for years. This is like a, we're just, yeah, we were right type of show, isn't it? No, that that's why I put this stuff up top was right. like, okay, we're right. Here's the more proof that we're fucking right. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. And again, it's, it's I don't know how many t- <laughs> times that I've told people on this show that the government is tracking you through your cell phone and told you how to get around it. Um, so, yeah, it's just, let's move on. It, it, I feel like I'm repeating myself at this. Well, I, but here's the thing, though. What I, and, I, and, and you are, however, when these things come out to where it ends up being like way more mainstream news and way more like just studies are finding as is out like right. like the science the, the 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 so-called science that a lot of these people like to hang their hat on right. is not what they're hanging their hat on that it just proves that they're fucking liars yeah yeah. Like they're just and, and that's all true. fucking liars. And it is frustrating that, you know, 10 years ago that, you know, people were calling us a conspiratorialist and things like that when we were literally just pointing out these programs. Yeah. That have, you know, all of them now have pretty much come to light and people are just like, eh, okay. I, again, it's so fr- we were We were wrong then when we were warning them. And now everyone's just like, oh, yeah, they're doing that. All right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, like they don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Again, I'm going to buy my own cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now I, we put the next article up here and Adrian did not understand the name of the article. And I, I, I did have to explain it to him with, uh, with crayons and a, and a nice drawing uh, because he's a five-year-old sometimes. A good guy with a gun kills more than the attempted mass shooter. So there was a mall, Greenwood Park Mall, and a, uh, a scumbag piece of shit, probably government worker, um, or <laughs> future okay, government stop, worker. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you, you can continue, but stop with those type of references. All right, so um, uh, future uh, politician. Um, <laughs> Just read the fucking article. So what he did was is that he went in there with a, uh, an AR-style weapon or whatever and was going to start shooting people within the, in the mall. Um, he had two rifles, handguns, and several magazines. Yeah, so he was ready to go, right? Now, when uh, seconds count, the police are minutes away. However, a 22-year-old man who is a concealed weapons permit holder was able to kill this motherfucker after uh, just a couple of people got killed. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. And this was in the food court of a mall. Yeah. So he could have potentially killed a whole lot more people. Oh, he absolutely could have killed a lot more people. However, the thing about it is, right now, this should not be considered a mass shooting because it didn't kill the required number of people in order to be a mass shooting. Right. So this isn't a mass shooting. And the reason why it isn't a mass shooting is because somebody that was a concealed weapons carrier was in that fucking mall. Now, the next time somebody wants to be a mass shooter, they're not going to that mall to do it. Yeah, because they realize there might be somebody in there with a fucking concealed weapon that will kill me instantly before I can kill more people. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the Good Samaritan's name, uh, Elisha Dickin. I, I, it's a weird spelling on Elisha. I think that's how you you say it. Um, but he actually shot this guy with a handgun from forty yards away. Ten rounds uh, didn't hit any bystanders; only hit the suspect um, and took him down. You know? Yeah. Dickon had no police eight, training or military hang background, on, according hang on a to the second. police. He sh- fired 10 rounds, eight hit the gunman at yeah. 40 yards. That guy's a fucking hell of a shot. He's a good shot. Yeah. Well, especially in that situation where, you know, tensions are a lot <laughs> yeah, fucking right. higher up. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. If it wasn't such a bad fucking thing going on, he probably would have hit 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah. So this guy's a fucking hero. And the funny thing is, is that, again, I didn't watch this show, but somebody told me about it, is that, like, Lawrence O'Donnell was so angry at this guy. and, the, and Why? Be, because he did it. Yeah. Now they're going to be able to change the narrative on this. And that's oh, why I'm saying really? he killed more than the narrative. Right. Because at the end of the day, Lawrence Donnell would rather have had more people die so that he can advance his narrative. Right. He'd rather stand on the dead people's graves in order to take more guns from people. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm very you, angry today. The, I am very angry. Today. Hang on a second. We we had another uh, mass shooting in Denver uh, this week, and I, I don't know if you heard about this one, but this was actually terrifying because in this case, the mass shooting was uh, uh, committed by six or I'm sorry, three uh, gunmen in a coordinated attack. Um, and the Denver Police Department uh, said that the Denver Police Department is responsible. <laughs> this story, did you read this story? No, no, no. I didn't okay. Read it. Denver cops were called to like the nightlife scene in Denver, um, you know, where it's a bunch of bars and things like that. Everybody hangs out, kind of like an Ebor yeah, or yeah, a Soho yeah, type yeah. of place. Um, and there is supposedly a guy with a gun there. And supposedly this guy went to draw his weapon. Um, and police, three police, fired an extraordinary amount of rounds. They, they didn't say actually how many rounds, but they hit the, um, the suspected armed individual uh, who was basically he was a uh, you know, convicted felon who was reported to have a firearm. So that's why they, they responded. They hit six bystanders, six bystanders. Did the guy even have a gun? 
He did have a gun. Okay. Uh, but he, uh, in the video footage says he never drew it or, you know, so in the a 22 year old with no police, with no military or police background, it was able to do eight out of 10 and kill the guy and not hurt anybody else. From 40 yards. From 40 right. yards. The police, on the other hand, who are supposed to be trained, yeah. ended Shot up shooting six, six bystanders. People. They yeah. made it a mass shooting. So uh, essentially, this, the same number of people were shot <laughs> in this Denver, uh, you know, trying to apprehend one guy with a gun who, by no indications, was actually using the gun or threatening anyone with the gun you know he just happened to be a felon in possession of a gun um and uh you know (laughs) the police shot six people oh my god yeah it it just unbelievable and this this story did not make national news of course it's only a local story yeah i I happened to stumble across it because a a couple people were talking about it on reddit yeah yeah but uh, yeah it's it's just astounding how and and probably you know not much is going to happen to these guys you know I, the the police chief said, "Well, uh, things could have probably been handled differently." You think? Yeah. Maybe you could have not shot six bystanders, and and these weren't just you know like a, a little graze here and there. Uh, you know, a couple of had of them had through and through wounds. Now, none of the bystanders died from their injuries. Uh, Yet. Well, no, they're they're all stable and you know they're recovering and things like that. But yeah, just to shoot six bystanders. I mean, the total lack of regard. And again, it goes to show you that the mentality now with law enforcement is that their lives are more important than yours. Yes. In in almost any circumstance. When it should be the exact because opposite. Because they felt that this guy was a threat to them, so they started firing indiscriminately into a crowd where they knew that there was going to be collateral damage. And they didn't care. And they didn't care. You know why? Because they have qualified immunity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Eliminate qualified immunity immediately. That would be uh, you know a, a, a big step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. again, we're coming up with solutions here, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got solutions for you. And it, it's almost get rid of laws. Yeah. Yeah. Well, get rid of qualified. Here's the thing. Qualified immunity is probably one of the most evil things. It's a very evil thing that you have because it gives cops the ability to basically get away with whatever they want to get away right. with. And they don't feel as if there's any um, there's no retaliation for their bad behavior. Usually, Where if you eliminate the qualified immunity, they would have to think twice before they did shit. The the doctrine is changing, and more and more cops are going to prison when they commit egregious acts like this. Um, so it, it is happening now, more there's and tokens. more. There's tokens. Uh, it could be considered Back to tokens. blue, man. No matter what, that's yeah, what they say. It, it, honestly, it, it could be that way. It's usually no one goes to jail unless uh, you know somebody riots. Well, look, at the, there's another one that you put up here. Former Jackson County Sheriff Deputy Zachary Webster will spend the next 12 years in prison after being found guilty of planting drugs on multiple motorists. Right. <laughs> Webster, 28, was sentenced Thursday or Tuesday to 12 and a half years in state prison um, with in connection with 19 guilty verdicts handed down in May. Right. They range from felonies such as racketeering official misconduct, fabricating evidence, and false imprisonment to misdemeanors such as possession of controlled substances and drug paraphernalia and perjury. Yeah. Just, you know, dirty cop planting drugs on people. And you see... How many other of his cops, how many of his other fellow cops knew he was doing it? I bet you there were some. I bet you there were some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, this is not an isolated incident. This happens, you know, almost every department somewhere along the line, you know, and whether it's, uh, you know, a bad shoot and they're planning a weapon or, you know, uh, it, it, vendetta, you know, planning drugs on a suspect. To, no, no, it, here's the thing. How many lives did this guy ruin? Right. Yeah. He he ruined their lives. Right. Like 12 years isn't enough. No, I don't think so. It better be 12 years in gin pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with With some of the people he put in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, if, if th- this has come to light that he's planted evidence, I'm sure a lot of those people have now been exonerated. Uh, but still, I mean, you'd like to think so, but I have no faith in the government to, to N- actually, not necessarily. No. Yeah. You know, it, it really depends on if they have uh, the legal team to to pull that off. God, you know? such a, <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to tell you, when I first was looking at the show notes today and looking at all this stuff, I was not realizing how angry it was going to make me. Well, here's the thing. It's it's. It's not as if, and again, this is, these circumstances come up so often that it's like almost every show we could do this sort of thing. Like every week there's a new story. I mean, these are just the stories this week. 
Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, this isn't a buildup of stuff. This right. is. <laughs> yeah. We didn't start putting shit in until Sunday. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, this is just uh, you know th- things that we've come across this week, and these are all recent things, and it's like almost every day there's evidence as to why uh, we just don't need government. Government like, is a negative influence in our lives, in our society, in our well-being as a species. Yeah. You know? Well, hold on. And let me make one other point, too, by the way. Um, it, 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 it goes into what we choose to cover and what we choose not to cover. Right. Because what we're not covering is the stupid Bannon shit. The stupid Trump shit. Right. The stu- like all the other Though issues. I am looking that are, forward to all of them going to jail just because yeah, I like that of, kind of chaos. Of course. Yeah. But if you look at it, these are the issues that we really that need to be talked about within the general public. Right. And most people are talking about fucking again. They're taking sides on the Bannon thing. Like, you know. Well, and, and that's the thing. That's that's the latest dog and pony show. And and that's just well, the January 6th show. Like these guys, this this series, they're extending this series out all the way. Oh, yeah. And this is just the new way <laughs> politics is done in America. Everything distract, distract, is going to be distract. like that. Well, and, and now since you brought it up and we got about five minutes left in the show, let's talk about what Newsom is doing right now so we know here's the thing at this point we realize that the top contender in the democratic primary or party uh for the 2024 because biden's if biden survives to 2024 i'm pretty sure he's not running again yeah. the all democratic party none of nobody wants him to run again everyone wants him to step down so newsom is the front runner and we also know that desantis is the front runner for the republican party okay yeah so two things are happening newsom is already running attack ads on desantis in florida (laughs) yeah which is just funny but the bigger thing is is he's uh pushing a law in his state that essentially bans a wide range of firearms just flat out bans them uh okay All all right all right all right now the reason that he's doing this is because he wants to bring it to the supreme court because he wants the second amendment overturned essentially yes and so this is he is intentionally setting up a scenario where he knows for a fact that he is going to like piss off to no end a huge number of American people. Mm-hmm. Like he knows for a fact this will legitimately put a target on his back. Yeah. Okay. Pardon the pun. But well, yeah, I'm not even being facetious in that. You know. Um, and he also knows that this is going to be like payback for the overturn of Roe v. Wade in another huge segment of the population. Yeah. But what this is really doing is through political expedience and the the level that American politics has got to, this is just a never uh, another stop towards fostering a civil war mentality in the United States. Well, no. and they're 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 intentionally taking us down this road because really from Newsom's perspective this is nothing about guns. This is not about safety. This is not about, you know, just like we talked about, if it were really about, you know, stopping this sort of thing, people would actually, on the left, would be happy when a bystander actually shoots a bad guy instead of being pissed off that it's going to change the narrative. Yeah, you know exactly. Right. Like, um, how evil is that? Here's the thing. If you're a human being, whether the cops stop a mass shooting or a civilian stops a mass shooting, you should be happy that a mass shooting was averted. Yes. You know? Yes, you should be. Right. No matter what. And if you're pissed off by one or the other, that's on you. Yeah. You know? But uh, uh, anyway, the point is, is that they are they are using this political drama that's unfolding before our eyes, and they're really driving this country towards a civil war. And I think it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> you know, I honestly, it's like I couldn't write a better script for it, you know, and I don't care what the outcome is. I don't care who wins. You yeah. know, I, I just want to see it happen. Yeah. You know? You're just kind of giddy for that. You yeah. Look, you look giddy like I, a little I, kid I, right now waiting for right. a fucking toy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, did you get it for me? Did you get it for me? Did you get it for me? <laughs> I'm so happy that. When can know, I open it? When can I open it? I, I, I get, I'm getting the marshmallows ready. I got the sticks. Yeah. You know, I've been whittling sticks. Well, did you hear of also in California? And again, one side does it, the other side will do it too. So you know how they made that rule in Texas that anybody can sue an abortion provider right. providing abortions? Right. So now in California, anybody can sue a gun manufacturer for gun things. Right. And and both sides are evil and wrong and, and driving us towards a division that's going to get to the point that it's going to be well, and become increasingly are, but, violent. But people are leaving California in droves, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like they really are. Well, actually, the Newsom ads, did you hear the Newsom ads? Well, he had he in, was inviting ads in Florida. Florida. Yeah, in Florida, he was inviting people to go to California. Oh, my God. And DeSantis is like, look, I'm born and raised here. I've never seen so many California tags running around the state of Florida. Yeah. And that is true, actually. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. true. Come on now. Uh, like, you're losing people to us, period. End of story. There's no getting around that. You are losing people to us because I, I would, you're an authoritarian psychopath. I would like to say stop. Because as someone who has uh, as a third generation native of fucking Florida, I'm sick of you fucking Californians. I'm sick of you fucking Midwesterners. I'm sick of you fucking uh, New Yorkers. New Yorkers. I'm sick of all you motherfuckers. And it's why if I was actually elected governor, I would have sandbagged the border and fucking seceded. <laughs> and you wouldn't let people come in? No, absolutely not. I would build. So the wall. you'd be a closed. Board. I would build. Like the you'd wall. be like Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. I, I would build the wall around the Florida border. Oh, my God. Completely secede and then, you know, <laughs> station the National Guard up there. Just fuck you. You're not gonna coming in here. And by the way, uh, we're going to eliminate all the laws here in Florida. Yeah. Well, except, and then I would have just Except government. for the immigration laws. Uh, no, I would have made a volunteer force that just could hang out and shoot people at the border. <laughs> now, now, that, now that we've done it, you guys just handle it, okay? Bunch of North Floridians, man. Yeah, they'll be fine with that. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so fucking... You're so uh, taking a turn for fucking crazy town right yeah, now. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Right. I know. I, I, I got nothing here. And we are out of time, so... Uh, are we, we really? Are, we are ending the show here on, on that <laughs> insane... Well, hour number one is in the bag. It's, hour number it's two... Uh, it's in the bag. Uh, Adrian's thinking about dr- dressing up to go have sex with inmates. What? Um, how billionaire David oh, Rubenstein right. single-handedly is rewriting American history. Iran's going to get the bomb. And Ukraine sucks still. And uh, the president's going to die soon. And they're trying to get your guns and abortion. <laughs> and not to mention uh, my tips on how to pick stocks. We'll see you on the other there side. There you go.